Gift of the Gab. Once again, me, your host, Gabby O'Malley. Today we have the, what am I going to call you, Nicole? I'm going to call you Inspirational. Okay, that's where we're going with it. So I have my good friend here, Nicole Galvin. Um, tell us who you are, what's your name and where'd you come from? <laughs> oh, I love it. Such a warm welcome. I'm not used to that kind of introduction, so thank you. Um, so yeah, my name's Nicole. I am the customer success manager for an accounting software firm that's based in London predominantly. Um, but I originally got my start in telemarketing and kind of slowly crawled my way up from there because before that I was in, you know, working in B&Q and retail and like that that sort of thing. So starting off in telemarketing, that made me figure out that like my friend Gabby here, I've got a bit of a gift for the gab. I can <laughs> I can talk to anyone and that just seemed like a really natural progression for my career. But obviously starting with telemarketing, that's very much lead generation focused. And mm. being at that end of the pipeline eventually became frustrating to me because I wanted to close the deals that I was initiating these conversations yeah. with. Obviously, in lead generation, you're very much at that end point. You hand off to a, a salesperson and they take it from there and close the deal. So that seemed like the next natural goal set for me. And eventually yeah. I found a company that, that gave me that chance to do that and kind of add another bow to my arrow. And after doing that for a little while, it gave me the opportunity because that was for a company where we sold a different thing every week. We had mm. 15 different clients. They would book out different sections of my time. And on that particular day, that's who I was selling for. And I sold anything you could possibly think of, Gabby, from electric plugins for your car out the front of your house for SEO to weird advertising spaces and like literally anything you could possibly think of I sold and it made me realize that I love to sell technology yeah. because the type of people that you're engaging with are very analytical their mm -hmm. brains in my opinion tend to work in a very similar way which naturally matches my cadence of how I talk and the type of way that I like to sell is well yeah. received by that sort of industry. So yeah. again, trying not to reinvent the wheel, trying absolutely everything in my industry meant that I found my little niche that felt like the right step to me. Yeah. Followed it off then to sell specifically for a technology company. And that was where I got my first uh, sales directorship title. Um, I helped lead. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hello. I helped lead. It was just me and my managing director at first. We were the first people in Europe. And we eventually, when I left the company, had a sales team of 25 people, a solid office, a full operational uh, team, HR, all of that by the time yeah. that I left. And that was all built off of the back of the work that myself. Can we just can we just sidestep here? Because I remember. Hit me. Hit me. I do remember when you started that company in particular and you said to me, I don't know how the F. I'm going to get to grips with this technology because obviously you in you know if you don't mind me saying you don't come from a technology background right absolutely so I, not I, I remember someone how to turn my iPhone off once so yeah. I, <laughs> I remember sitting in your your flat in Canada water and uh, I said oh what what what's this you must have had about four books and you were like I am going to teach myself everything about everything that I'm selling and no one is going to challenge me because I'm going to sell it and then I remember after that I think every time I spoke to you you'd be in Canada you'd be like a different part of the country you'd be 
doing the most and it was actually so lovely to see because at the time when you said that you were trying to educate yourself I was thinking like like (laughs) yeah this is a lot of stuff because even I looked at those books and I thought oh wow what is machine learning (laughs) (laughs) so to watch you go through the whole of that journey at that company and now to where you are it's it's incredible like and when I say inspirational if you don't mind me divulging in something as well um your dyslexia oh absolutely yeah right so I think it's so refreshing that you have made it to where you are and that at no point has ever played a part in in what you do how you do it why you do it and everything like that and I think you I don't think you realize how again like I said inspirational that is because there are a lot of people that will fall at every hurdle be deterred from everything and just really give up on the drive but you by far are probably one of the most driven people I have the pleasure of having in my friends group I really appreciate that and that's what I meant by like not reinventing the wheel like finding what my natural skill set because obviously sales uh, customer success all of that it's a very verbal um, yeah. job it's you know I'm not really in data analytical driven type stuff in the real meat and bones of that which I might struggle with with my dyslexia or certain you know copywriting roles that would probably yeah. I'd be terrible at so finding what I was really good at which is talking to people understanding people having no shame in asking questions yeah that works really well in customer facing roles and just not being ashamed to kind of front up to what you suck at sometimes there's yeah. so many times where I've been up in front of 25 people and I've got a write on a whiteboard and there are CEOs in the room CTOs all sorts of very clever people and I'll straight up say I am dyslexic as hell so you're all about to be very entertained by my note taking on the board <laughs> don't mind me it's more important that I know that this makes sense than anyone else and then usually yeah. it gets a bit of a laugh and we move on and then I find people are really quite encouraging because when you make mm. laugh about it you showed your light-hearted then when they see me pausing on a certain word, people will just start spelling it out in the yeah. room, help you out. And just and I think it's a massive up. respect thing as well, because I feel like generally, I don't know if it's just the way of the world or is it like a societal thing or, or an environment thing, that if you're open and honest with somebody, they respect that and they will help you. Because I remember you telling me that story that you had to write on the notebook on on the Mm. board and you were like oh okay well you know I do have dyslexia and this is what's going on. I worked for a company called Intelligent Talk and the word intelligent just gets me every time (laughs) every time (laughs) so no matter how hard I try but I'm sure other dyslexic people listening to this will relate but there are just certain words that will not will not stick and yeah it's just one of those things. It's amazing like I said it's amazing though that you've not let that take you off your path like you know I have friends I don't have a massive friend circle as we know but I do feel that within my friend circle you have achieved a lot like from from, let's just paint a picture for everybody here so Nicole and I first met 
when it I was... I was straight out of B&Q. <laughs> Literally, my first day at the telemarketing place with you, I was straight off of B&Q. Yeah, so then we um, we worked for Connells, basically. We worked, you know, we're going to say head office, but it was like a... The bullpen. <clears throat> kind of, yeah. So we were helping all the other branches, like, around the country and doing everything like that. And Nicole and I started on the first day and... I just remember hearing you speak and I thought, yeah, no, she's a bit of me. Like she can be my friend. This is really cool. Yeah, and again, I hope you don't mind me telling this story because there is a part of it that I just, I just have to say like. Go for it. Cause I'll tell the townhouse one afterwards. You <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so um, yeah, when we first started, I think this, I don't know if this was the first day or the second day that I met you and uh Nicole just had hair extensions. And oh dear. Oh no. <laughs> and she just had hair extensions and uh, I think you might have been talking about them. And I, I just remember turning around and said, you look like a mushroom. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, ha, ha. and then basically <laughs> after that, we've kind of been friends ever since. And, and for the duration of us working together, because you left before I did, we were kind of like two peas in a pod like in all fairness there was nobody in there better than us I mean we changed the standards when we got there and it, I mean yeah, don't get me wrong that's not always well received by those around you but the 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 expected call standards the amount of calls that needed to make yeah. made like pretty much all the the targets either doubled or quadrupled after our first and month then everybody there. started to because yeah, we could show what could because, be done yeah so everybody started to dislike us because they then had to do more because we effectively just walked in and kind of tore it up and was like look this is what it is but almost we did it for fun so yeah. I started there I think I was I was at a, I was at another call center actually so I went from JD Sports to another call center and then from there I got headhunted and then that's where I met you but um I feel like that was a good starting point for us I think it was very eye-opening because neither neither you or I went to university I've always referred to Connells as my university that was our university Absolutely. Right? I feel like we had some of the best times and actually some of the best lessons as well so I I got on very very well with John as we know who was the yeah. I think he was the divisional managing director at the time um I was a high achiever Nicole was a high achiever and well I was always number two to you and I'll never forget no, that no no no, no. it annoys me <laughs> we were always joint one and then um he for me was probably and I said this to you before without a doubt one of the biggest influences at the start of my I, I don't know if 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 I'm going to call it a career because I don't know if yeah. that's if that's kind of where it was but actually he helped me he took you under his wing big time oh massively and do you know what I have never been so grateful like now I'm older I can look back at that and actually be like if it wasn't for him in all honesty I actually don't know because I was embraced I was encouraged oh, I some would... of my favorite moments in our like all hands like you know when we would all get together in a circle at the beginning of the day and like everyone was like getting hyped up for the day and all and, yeah. like, about targets and stuff and they'd always call out like the best achievers from either the day before, the week before, whatever it was. And John would say something along the lines of like, oh, no surprise here, but Gab Gabby sold twice as much as everyone else. So it's something along those lines.
lines. Oh wait, how, I can't congratulate her because look, she's not at this meeting. She's on the phone. <laughs> she's on the phone right now because she's closing deals. So the rest of you, haven't I say get on the bloody phone? Yeah, I think I'm just, I, yeah, you know, I, laughing my head off. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I do remember. I definitely remember some of those times. And also with that, and I think I told you this when I last saw you. Um, so obviously, as I've gotten older, I've realised who my influences were at the start mm. kind of middle and current I messaged John because when I left I didn't leave on good terms and that's probably mm -hmm. just by me being a brat I was very immature at the time I think where I had been given so much allowance and leeway I was constantly expecting that and when I didn't get it I just kind of turned into a bit of an asshole to be honest so I um not I a lot of people John. could admit that so like fair play <laughs> Yeah, but I think, you know, like like you said, if you can admit your faults, then I feel, you know, you as a person, you're growing, like grow through what you go through kind of thing. And obviously take every opportunity as a lesson. Don't let things weigh you down too much. But I messaged John and I did say this to you. And I said, hi, John, hope you're well. Haven't reflected on my working years. I just wanted to reconnect. I also wanted to say thank you for all the help, advice and guidance you gave me at Gem. Without you, I wouldn't be where I am. I know things didn't end the greatest, although looking back, I was an asshole. All the best, <laughs> G. And bless him, he was so sweet. He replied, he said, ha, nice note. You always had ama amazing talent, love the podcast. So even now, I still feel like uh, he made such an impression on my life, but also in a in a way I made an impression on his because like you said, he took me under his wing and he definitely saw something in me that he knew I could go really far with it. So yeah. I, I had I, a similar person in my life in all honesty. And I, I've had a couple of mentors like that. And I think it's an interesting conversation, especially when you think about, or when I think about the female mentors in my life mm. at versus the male ones and like how it's come to be them being us being in that sort of reciprocal relationship. And yeah, what I've found is when it comes to male um, mentorship, those opportunities present themselves more because yes. you, you often find that there's often an easy leader of the pack to pick out. But you yep. can also tell the ones that have enough of a, a nurturing element to them that they're not just like a, a lone wolf because you're yep. never going to get mentorship out of someone like that. If you can, it, the, it's easier to identify the right elements in a person in the male workforce when you want to get that because they're more blatant with it yeah whereas I find when I look at the female mentorship that I've had in my life I've been a lot more proactive in seeking that out and oh. saying I would like to learn something from you I think yeah. that you are fantastic at a b and c I'm actually really good at x y and z so I think I can help you with this and this is what I can bring to the table because I don't just expect obviously yeah. something from you without bringing something nine times out of ten you are taking a lot more than you're giving but if you can at least show I think what? just I'm, contribute I'm really something yeah. as well like I'm good at lead you're a you're a salesperson that closes deals I want to be a salesperson one day well I'm really good at lead generation I'll help get you leads if you teach me how to close deals yeah that kind of reciprocal relationship because I think if you just expect people to like rock up at your desk one day and say hey I'm really good at my career would you like me to teach you about <laughs> it it's just not you're not going to find the right type of people even if someone yeah. did offer that you're better off seeking out your mentorships than expecting them to or hope that they'll happen organically so because when did you start seeking out females then because I know the company that we were talking about which we we won't name 
I don't feel, and I could be wrong, I don't feel there was that many females around you for you to like look up to or kind of be on par with because it was said person then Mm -hmm. you and then also other people that worked in your office so how how or when and when I guess um did 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 you start seeking that out where do you go it was in the sec because I was there for about four years and it was Mm -hmm. in the, the later half of those four years that I started finding female individuals in because it was a basically a large technology company based all around the world um as i said me and my managing director were the first two in europe um but canada was the the predominant head office and so they had about three or four hundred people based up in canada but even on the sales team i was a sales team of 30 and i was the only woman on the sales team also first female director and youngest director hold on hold on yeah yeah very very proud of that so I was the only female on that team for a long time Mm. until eventually another girl joined on on my level but so they're just the male leadership was seriously weighted in that direction in in that company but and there is a a woman that I would happily name because if you ever get the opportunity to to even cross paths with her you're lucky is a woman called Linda Partner yes and she originally started off I believe in the marketing end of of the company but eventually was in charge of massive data analytics and insights projects and the delivery of huge uh, module modular features that were available Mm. through the consultancy firm and was just skyrocketed through the company into just areas you wouldn't necessarily expect. I don't know if it's offensive to say, but someone who's in marketing, I wasn't necessarily expect to go to this super techie end of the spectrum with their career. And I love to see it. Yeah. And all men report to this woman. So she, she like like myself, was a bit of a, a lone uh, fish out in the water. And a popular loner, Nicole, a popular <laughs> loner. But in the similar way, she was very, we worked for the same company, but she was still very separate to me. So I proactively reached out to her and kind of fangirled a little bit and said, you do, you've done this, you've done this. I saw you do this the other day and I heard this talk and it was the best thing since sliced bread. And I think it was really awesome. That's what I want to say first. Yeah. Go girls. Next, <laughs> I want to do X, Y and Z. If you if you don't want to be involved, you don't want to be involved. But I think you'd be a wonderful contributor to that. Like give people an out because if they're going to even slightly take that out you want them to they're not the mentor for you you want someone who's equally excited to work with you yeah while with them so you almost want to give people plenty of outs because if they take it brilliant you on to the next one kind of like we're dating keep keep it moving (laughs) but you like I said you need to proactively seek it out because otherwise you'll end up with those that aren't being chosen and there are plenty of people that want to give their opinions. There are plenty of people that want to mould you or give you advice on your career. And if they're proactively shoving it down your throat, perhaps they're not the right person. You yeah. should you should be seeking them out for yourselves and identify the elements in other people that you want what, in yourself. What are the top three things you're, you look for, or I suppose really anybody should look for in, in a mentor, whether it be male or female? What would you say? I think it changes over the years depending on what you want to achieve. So you kind of need to look at everything in little steps because Mm -hmm. when I was working in B&Q and watching things like suits and all of these cool things on TV and thinking, I could do that. This is where I want to be. I want to be in business. Yeah. That seemed insurmountable to me. 
So I thought, okay, I need to get into an office job. And then Mm -hmm. from an office job, I need to, okay, I'm going to do sales. And then I slowly incrementally made my way up from there. And so depending on what stage you're at, you need to think, what's the next baby step that I need to take to get me in the right direction of where I want to go? And who has already done that in such a way that I can relate to. Yeah. Like with salespeople, you and I, for example, have very different sales styles. So different. In how we approach people. Mm. We are apples and oranges, ebony (laughs) and ivory in that sense. And so you need to find like, so someone who would be a great mentor to you wouldn't necessarily be for me. So eavesdrop on people that are in the bullpen with you look to your superiors who are around you who have already achieved what you want to achieve and and just kind of listen in on them and see whose style doesn't feel like it would be painful to achieve you'll you'll see and you'll be like I could do that and if you're yeah. looking at someone thinking I can do that that's because they're doing it in such a way that you relate to so yeah. that would be a good person to approach but I think the the things that matter across the board are availability in the sense that if every time you speak to them you feel like a burden or like you can't it's get like time a to, chore for them yeah almost. it's you yeah. like you can't get time in their diary or if you ever feel like you're being fobbed off by them like availability is important and you need to be flexible in what that will look like because one of the biggest mentors in my life the first year of our meetings was in pubs after work us both talking about what we were doing in our career and him giving me advice on what I should do next until yeah. I gained enough skills that he said, cool, you've done enough that I can offer you a job now. And then it went on from there. So if you if you expect everyone to kind of fit into your box, like, well, Mondays between 10 and 11, I have availability ship for a mentor. Like, oh, great. You you need to be flexible in in how this is going to work with your schedule as much as theirs. And just you you need to be able to fully take off the professional cloak with this person so if it's your direct manager not always the ideal it ideally yeah. should be someone either separate from your team or ideally totally separate from your company so you can speak speak really bluntly and mm. not worry about like office gossip or, or problems in that respect um and someone that you can just you know relax totally around be really honest with how you feel and if you don't I think understand just to be yourself as well like yeah. this, my latest thing at the moment is I think really just just be yourself you I don't feel that people should change and you know that saying putting a circle in a square hole or a square yeah. in a circle hole or whatever I think if you're going to be a mentor in order for them Square to mentor you hole. properly yeah in order for them to mentor you properly you have to 100% be yourself and be authentic because then they can get to know you your personality Mm -hmm. almost how you work what you like and what you don't like so then they can give you all of the right information in the right way for you to take it and retain it if you're going to kind of I guess go to to find a mentor and try and pretend to be the person that you think they want you to be or maybe be what you think that you should be it's like going to your therapist and yeah. pretending you don't have any problems it's like that's not what they're <laughs> there for you they're there to help guide you through the the terrible times the good times and mm-hmm. and give you advice from there and if it, we've all done it in the sense that especially at work we have to put a front on or or some people refer to it as masking or some people like we all have a work energy typically yes. that's different to yeah. our outside work energy some people have to put on a lot more of a front than others but and some people can be more natural at work but with that mentorship relationship it should almost be like the way you and I talk yeah you, you can call that person up and say what the 
bloody hell's going on yeah, here. This, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah. this has happened. But also you want to call them when you they're the first person you want to call in a promotion as well. Like someone who will be happy for you in your good news, but someone who knows how to talk to you through the and bad support times. you in your bad news exactly as well, actually. That. Yeah. So I think those are the most important things that span across it but it's all about who has got that net that skill set to help me get to that next incremental step in my career yeah. that I need to take because no one's going to do it for you you've got to forge this yourselves especially if like Gabby and I didn't take the traditional education route mm. these people are your professors these people yeah. are your courses and this is how you're going to get the skill set that you need it's to almost get like free job. uni isn't it like yeah. free if, if you if you meet the right person it's basically free education like free university and mm -hmm. if you get the right person or people around you and surround yourself they could be successful people they could have overcome stuff they could just be like really good vibes give great advice but again could be a I don't know a, a middle manager of some sort everybody mm -hmm. has something different to offer but I also think if people go into a situation like that and as you say, expect to, to take everything and give nothing back. Yeah. That's great. But also I feel, you know, if I was a mentor, that I would want to see results from the person that I'm mentoring because I'd want to see that all of my, you know, knowledge and conversations is actually going to use as well. So absolutely. I don't know if I'm wrong in saying that. No, I actually think because I don't think any of my mentors have ever really taken me up on my offer. But what it does do is when you're initially having the conversation with them about being the mentor, I think it lowers everyone's like guard a little God. bit because you're saying I'm not just asking I'm happy to offer and then people just kind of smile at that and it shows that your entrepreneurship you're willing to put the work in to get mm. what you need and just because you've got that attitude people will want to help you more yeah, so definitely. I think that that's that's important to 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 show that you're willing to put the work in it, it that might be traveling to go really far to go and see them that could be the example of the work or yeah like dedicating a, an hour of your evening to doing mm -hmm. something or early mornings like whatever that work could look like and show up do not mess around with yeah. your mentor like, don't cancel don't cancel be there even if you're not your best self like showing up at 30 percent is better than not showing up at all yeah like you you will get something out of every meeting in you might walk away feeling better than you did. You might not, but don't don't mess your mentor yeah. around. That's that's the worst mistake you'll ever make, especially when you've got a good one. I feel like on that as well, like I I know and I have seen and I have heard a couple of individuals that they feel that they sh they should have everything given to them. They don't feel that they should seek um information knowledge or just to, to find somebody they feel that people should come to them and almost have like that entitlement as to say well I'm young I don't know anything you know everything give me that information and I just don't think that that's the right attitude and my a big thing for me as you know if you're going to get by in life obviously take all the help that you can get even if you feel like you don't need it at the time and get by on your own merit because not everybody in this world has a leg up. Not everybody in this world has somebody somewhere that's going to start them on something, mm -hmm. you know, something amazing. And they're just going to go on to be a banker by the age of 30 and yeah. have like 300 grand a year. Like, I feel like it's so important to always be prepared to work for what you want. Like mm. you and I are very similar, very similar backgrounds. You know, we've worked since we were what, six, 15, 16 or whatever. And 
we've come up against issues, big scenarios, but it's actually we've got ourselves through that as well. Yeah. But also Pivoted. having having the, I suppose, comfort of the right people around you from what we were then to what we are now. We are literally we are different people in ourselves. Yeah. And I just want everybody to not be scared and just just if you want something go and get it I'm not out here trying to be some wild inspirational speaker because that that's not where is that's not where it's at but at, at the end of the day you start your career if you want to succeed do what needs to be done to get yourself obviously stay true to yourself stay authentic and speak up for what you believe in absolutely but we can't be in a world now where people feel entitled that they should have a mentor almost given to them because as you said though if they do then they're not going to align with each other and I think mentor programs are absolutely fantastic but what what is better would you say I don't know would it be like an organic mentor or would it be somebody that you know you've got 10 people in a room with 10 mentors go and pin the tail on the mentor I I, I don't yeah I don't know. for me I like the the more specific personal selection and I I don't think you, you you're going over the top in your point and I, I couldn't agree with you more and I think that and I, I think it's almost got to a toxic level where people refer to the grind and stuff but it is still really important in the sense that like I, you, you never know what what's going to be important to you later and this is a really silly yeah. example but it made me it really made me smile at the time and like back in the day I worked for Costa Coffee for for a couple of years and can I say I am a sick barista okay <laughs> I am, like I can make you a banging cappuccino so, and I, I could do the leaves and like all of <laughs> and all of that perfect it, they'd be perfect coffees and then one day when I was um this is when I worked for LinkedIn and we were at the LinkedIn offices and people always get really excited to come to those offices because you've got the free coffee shop you've got the restaurant you've got all of the the bougie stuff that they've got going on there um and we get to the coffee shop and I've got a meeting room booked we've got 10 minutes to get our coffees before we go into the meeting room and it's it's I'm about to do a huge presentation to all of these people trying to sell a lot of stuff and we get to the coffee shop and the barista just isn't there <laughs> and obviously I've been bigging this up all the walk up the stairs like through the lifts like how nice this coffee is going to be and oh, they, no. they are just, they are just not there and it is the proper like full coffee machine with the steam arm on it and like the tappy tappy and and all of that good stuff and so I improvised and went into Costa Coffee Girl mode and went right what does everyone want and jumped around the counter and just in 15 minutes cracked out about 10 beautiful cappuccinos with the leaves on them because you know I I like to make a point yeah um, and then we and literally as we went to leave is when the barista turned up and they were like oh sorry 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 and it's like nope we're we're all sorted we're fine and it it seems like such a silly thing but it meant that I wasn't late to my meeting room my meeting didn't run over so I didn't interrupt the next person I walked into that meeting feeling super confident because like someone threw a problem at me I'd sorted out job done yeah. everything's fine and did I know that when I was working in Debenhams at the Costa Coffee like kiosk that you were going to need that? that I was going to need that when I was working in the big boy LinkedIn offices in London, <laughs> like showing off to my clients who was like the CEO of Vodafone or something like that. Yeah. Like, I was so excited. Like, but so you don't and like I've been a cleaner. I've, I've done lots and lots of sorts yeah. of jobs. And no matter what you're doing, 
do it with chest and 100%. work hard with it because that's Absolutely. if you're doing it anyway that skill set might pay off for you in the most random way later on in life and you will feel like a boss like me with my cappuccino story so and I think that with all of this like international women's day and like I think people talk a lot about um women bringing other women up oh yes and that in a way is a sensitive subject to me because I can be a bit of a contrarian in the sense that I you and I for example grafted our way up from the bottom I didn't necessarily mm. have a lot of female help with that if anything I had more male no, I, support yeah than I did all males all males I had I, I, I can only think of two females in my career but I probably 10 of the males and that's not saying that the women aren't fantastic and they're not out there but there are just statistically a lot more men in business at the moment so it's it's not unusual and yes other women should bring other women up but again like we were saying earlier don't expect that woman who's broken the ceiling and done something really cool to turn up at your desk and offer you the help yes go to her and say what you admire about her what's cool and tell her what you want to learn and i would be amazed if there would be many women out there that would shoot you down on that and i think that if you again if they do they're not the right mentor for you go find a different one but approach them do the work to get in front of them and make yourself be seen don't expect them to turn up at your desk because you have to fight for that space with these people because they're busy they're busy because they've got to where they've got to and I like to believe that I've supported people in my life but I don't sit there looking at the entire business figuring out who could possibly benefit from my tutelage whereas if someone turned up on my doorstep that I'd never even thought of and they said hey you're good at this I'd like to learn that I'd be like sit down Let's have a Let me teach you. Come in. Take up a chair. <laughs> Boy or girl. Like, it, it, man, woman, yeah. it, it wouldn't matter to me. So, yeah, I think that, yes, women should lead from the front. Like, we, there are certain things that we have to deal with that others don't. And it's nice to have a mentor that also, relates to that. I think, I think on that, and this is a conversation that I had with somebody a couple of weeks ago now. You know, I'm all for women and women, support mm-hmm. women, whatever the weather, you know, come hell or high water. If you're if you're down, you're down, right? Mm-hmm. But I I was thinking about something the other week, and I do feel that in some situations, and actually some women, they only want other women to go so far because they're quite protective over their success, and actually they don't necessarily want somebody to be as successful or even more successful than them, and and they will mentor but to a certain degree. And actually, I'm not, I feel like if you're going to do it, as you say, do it with your chest and do it wholeheartedly. Do it wholeheartedly. Like when I was mm-hmm. at Gem and they asked um, they asked me to train Jamie, I don't know if you remember him. I do. Um, I trained him and I did it because actually I had all this knowledge and I was really good at what I did. And I was like, just take it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I'm not trying to, you know, keep Gatekeep. everything in a test and say like, no, you can't have it. Like if you, you know, if you want to know what I'm doing, but it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So then me passing all of that information over, it then got to a point that him and I, as we know, were, I think he was probably more competing me with me than I was him. Yeah. Because actually at the 
point I'd won so much and I'm just like I'm really not that bothered if yeah. it makes you feel good that's like live your life more power to you like I taught you I'm going to be happy if you exactly. do that as me like that's, awesome that's, that's what it's, it's almost like watching a flower blossom to be like you know I I contributed to that's that because I you're that. the the good kind of mentor and I like you described before I have definitely crossed paths with people both on the male and female side that Bad tensions it's it's I don't, sabotage is too extreme of a word but it's almost like and they, it almost never starts off that way but then you almost get to a point where they they almost never expected you to be in a position where you could threaten their position and this is and what then when I'm you get saying there, and and it's almost a shame because by that point you idolize that person because you've yeah. got all the way up here and you're like oh my god you're amazing and then they the the relationship can sometimes change slightly and I think this is why you and are and always will be one of my best friends in the sense that we literally have competed we've worked in a job where we're <laughs> yeah. technically competing and never did I see a bigger smile on someone's face <laughs> on the rare occasion that I did manage to top your numbers would be on your face and that's that's yeah. who you look around at see who's happy for your successes and look around the room and see who's smiling yeah. with you and I think it's the same with a mentor that until you get years and years in like with friendships or relationships like with anything I think you mm. get to a point where people prove themselves to an element where you can just outright trust them but for a long time treat everything with a pinch of salt everything with an air of suspicion you don't always just have to have one mentor. You can have two. You absorb yeah. all of the advice and Absolutely. decide which bits you want to use. Yeah. But just, just keep an eye out because I also understand that, especially with me and you, Gabby, is there's been a lot of positions where our mentors have been 20 years our senior. Yes. And then we've come in and, like we've said, within a year have come up to where they are. Yeah. And as a human... I can understand why that would make someone feel threatened. Yeah. I, I'm only I'm only 31. And if someone, you know, did something similar to me, I'd be lying if I didn't sit there going, yeah. oh, oh dear God. I, I need to do something. Like, oh my God. Anxiety, imposter yeah. syndrome, all, all of the good stuff. But I think that, yeah, I think you you if you can understand that from a human level, you won't be so hurt if you see that kind of behavior. Because if anything, it just shows you are rocking and rolling and you're outgrowing mm. the people around you and you need to move up to that next level. And that's actually okay as well, because I feel like some people get a little bit worried that, oh, you know, are they going to be mad at me because I'm doing better than them? They've offered mm -hmm. me this, that they want me to do that. And actually I'm going to be managing this person, but I haven't been there that long and she's taught me everything. I just feel like your, your path in life, whether it be personal or professional, follow it. Because mm -hmm. if you're not going to take an opportunity and you're not going to do something because you're scared to hurt somebody else's feelings absolutely that's a natural reaction but you also have to think would they be scared to hurt your feelings if they were offered the same things as, as what you were people progress at different stages at different times at different ages like everything is different so if that's where you're meant to be and that's what you're meant to be doing just follow that and, and people it sounds like such a cliche, but if they're the right people in your lives that will carry you through all of the different stages of your career, yeah. they'll be happy for you. And Absolutely. if they're and if they're not, that sucks. It's yeah. a shame and we move on. And but if you can not burn bridges, that's obviously the ideal because like you were just saying with John, you were saying I've reflected upon that mm. and I, I I would do it differently if I could, blah blah blah. 100%. blah all of that. Then if you can not burn bridges, that's obviously brilliant. But also 
if there is toxic behavior, because that and John is not the example of that, but I'm thinking about some of my own instances. Yeah. If someone is toxic and isn't happy for you and, and really does maybe try and sabotage you in some sort of way in your career, do not be afraid to burn bridges in the same respect. So 100%. just be considered I feel, in your b- bridge burning. <laughs> but, I, you know. I do feel as well, you you know, so people in life, you'll be friends forever. People in life, you'll have around you, you know, in a working capacity for as, as long as your working career. But I think people have to understand and realise you can't have everybody Some in your life with you all the time you actually have to be prepared to let go because you you will outgrow people mm-hmm. and people will outgrow you as well as yeah. you get older your values might be different your your outlook um you know what what you stand for it it could all change and that's okay that's part of growing right that's part of maturing that's just part of getting a bit older if something isn't right for you in any capacity really don't be afraid to let it go just yeah. just live and let live, grow through what you go through, take the lesson, move on. You can't dwell on stuff forever and a day Absolutely. just because, you know, your your feelings are hurt. Pick yourself up and move on and try and turn that into a bit more of like a, a, a positive energy. If, if you can. I, and I, think, I think, no, I think that's so important in your early career as well, because yes. I don't know about like some people rock out of high school and they know exactly what they want to do. More power to them. I was not in that camp. I, <laughs> Me I, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> but but my point is, is, is that you just try everything. And sometimes yeah. in trying things, you figure out what you don't want to do. And that is just as valuable as knowing what you do want to do. For example, like I was saying with my dyslexia, if I had a heavily intensive uh, literacy type job, lots of typing, like copywriting, for example, I would probably not be successful. So in knowing that, I don't want to do jobs that have a load of writing to them. Okay, what's the ones that's more communications based? And it leans you in a direction. Sales as well. And, And you just, yeah, exactly. So you try out all of those things. And then if you, much like the fact that I've landed in customer success now, I always adored working with clients and helping them get from A to B and helping them use technology to utilize a goal of some kind. In my opinion, the technology that I'm selling or working with is irrelevant, but just helping them achieve something through technology that that's absolutely my bag and I feel like your nature with that we've had so many conversations because before you were a carer right so you've always said that that job has allowed you to, to care more than what you would had you not have done that job in a set in a in a sense of people's experience what they want you're so ethical when it comes to sales as well you're not the typical yeah 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 you need it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you'll love it yeah it's good. you know if it's not right for somebody you're not going to do it because if, if you do that it weighs heavy on your heart mm. and I, I think that's really important and the when I was working in sales, I was figuring out that I adore dealing with the clients. I adore doing all of that. But that ethical side of me really hated the uh, not closing deals. But uh, at one of my jobs, I had a nine million dollar target on my head for the year. The mm. company I was at previous to that, it was six point five. And mm. as ethical as a person as I am, there are pressures you're yeah to make no matter how good of a salesperson you are you're only as good as your last quarter you're only you're only going to get so many bad quarters before they get rid of you so I hated that element of the job and the pressure on the number and the sales side but I adored every other element of it and that is how I've ended up now pivoting over to customer success 
because I still work with clients. I still deliver through technology. I still basically do everything I did in sales. I just don't have a nine million dollar target on my head. And it's Amazing. just my it's just my job to to make my clients happy. They've already spent the money. So I'm the one that gets to come in and be like, right, this is how we're gonna do what we're gonna give you this in value. This is what we're gonna do with it. This is your return on investment. This is how we're gonna make it happen. And I'm good at putting out fires. That that's yeah. my sweet spot. So. You are you are very solution based and you are actually such a good problem solver. It's almost like you just go into this mode. It's and the dyslexia, like, right. I'm telling you. This it's, is what's it, This is my superpower. And it's, you're so and good like that. I think that there's uh, there's lots of people out there that are not neurotypical. And I think that there mm. are roles that are out there for you in the sense that if you struggle with certain elements, like I said, pivot away from them, do a job where that's the yeah. absolute bare minimum. And like I've, a lot of my friends are techies. And for example, mm. they cannot stand speaking to people. They do want do not want to do anything client facing. And that's why they've ended up being coders, because then they don't have to have that client facing element to their job. And it's my job to stand in front of them for the uh, speaking to the client. So I think figure out what you love if you can. If you can't figure out what you don't like and avoid it like the plague. And I think in your earlier career, that's the best you can do if you don't know what you want to do. And just nothing's beneath you. Nothing's below you. Try a little bit of everything. Just learn. Learn how to make your cappuccino so you can one day make it at the Google office, you know, and (laughs) you heard it here first, guys. You heard it here first. Exactly. So, Cole, we need to. Well, not that we need to. We're we're going to wrap up. Yeah. But one final question for you. What do you think is the most important? I want to say lesson slash thing that you've learned over your career thus far. Oh, I love that question because I'm really (laughs) passionate about this answer and particularly the women on this call because of the the situation or the women on this call, the women listening um, because of certain situations that I've been through in my career. If ever anything happens at work, whether it's you know, anything from sexual harassment to your your pay being wrong or whatever that may be, something you might typically go to HR for. Something that everyone needs to understand is that HR, whilst they are valuable and they serve an important role in these types of conversations, they are the advocate of the company. They are not necessarily on your side, which I know is a very blunt way to put it. But if you ever end up in trouble and something untoward goes on at work, then you need outside counsel. The HR team internally at your company, particularly the bigger the company and the likely there is to be a PR issue with it, their yep. only interest is to protect the company. Yeah. So if you ever end up in a position like that, if anything ever happens in your career, there are plenty of outsourced HR advisories that you can go yeah. to just separate from your company. You have friends that work in HR that yeah. just aren't in your individual organization because they've got a conflict of interest. So, yes, they need to be involved. Yes, you need to report things to them as soon as they happen. Communication, communication, absolutely with them. But you need separate outside counsel if ever you end up in a bit of trouble and you need some support HR are important but they are not on your side and you should be aware of that because that was not my impression of how these things would work and as I've actually unfortunately been through an instance like this I learned the hard way and I've learned how these things kind of work now so my biggest advice if you came to me tomorrow and said something happened at work I'd say call HR and then let's call a lawyer 
Yeah, definitely. If you can't afford a lawyer, there are free alternatives online with a bit of research. Because when this happened to me, I wasn't in a financial position for a lawyer Mm. and I did I did find free help. So, yeah, that would be my biggest bit of advice, even though it seems slightly negative and HR professionals are are wonderful people. They're great at their jobs. But just as I said, there's a slight conflict of interest, like I was saying with me in sales, having a number on my head. You could be as ethical as you want, but you still have a certain goal within your job and you have a job to do at the end of the day. So that would be my biggest piece of advice to the boys and girls on listening. Thank you, Nicole. My friend, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. It really, really has. So thank you for giving up your time. I know you're so busy. Um, that sounded really sarcastic. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. that <laughs> no, no. So busy. no, I know. I know that you're busy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that actually didn't what sound sarcastic joke. to me. Um, um, you know, I'm going to listen to this back 100%. So, um, but no, I'm so proud of you. And I think that this is such a wonderful opportunity that you're giving to to different women in different industries. And I loved listening to all of your other previous guests. Oh, and I'm so just really sweet. excited to to see what you guys will come up with next. So keep, <laughs> thanks, keep Carl. Well, look, I'm going to love you and leave you. As I said, it's been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, we'll get this see posted, you soon, listen to it and... Thank you, everybody, for listening once again. We have two gift of the gabs here. (laughs) Exactly. Bye. Bye, guys.